0: Welcome back. This is the Emergency 9 Golf Podcast. We're happy to have all of our weekly listeners. Hopefully everyone enjoyed our episodes last week. We put out two, one on the PGA Tour coverage, and then we had a great interview with Austin Ernst, the most recent winner of the LPGA Tour. So if you haven't uh, listened to that, please make sure you go listen to her, her story. And she talked a lot about winning and her aggressiveness and a lot of confidence. I thought it was a great little chat, and she even talked about why why you should watch the women's game and why they're so good and they don't get enough um, publicity. But I thought we'd, since this is episode 12 and we may be getting listeners for the first time, I thought we'd kind of run down who we all are again, just quickly. Again, we are quote unquote experts in the game of golf. We've all come from a heavy golf background our entire lives. We have all worked in the industry. So we got McLean Boyd here with us, the pride of Charlotte, North Carolina, although he's relocating soon, maybe. And he is a equipment sales and fitting extraordinaire. So he's our fitting guru, our fitting expert, comes from a uh, great golf background with a uh, PJ professional father who's a legend in the area, unlike McLean, who's not a legend, but you know, (laughs) we're stuck with him. So McLean, how are you, sir?
1: Doing great, Mikey. Thanks for being here. And you could not be more correct is that uh, my non legendary status is still holding strong.
0: (laughs) Way to go. Way to keep that going. Well, uh, we're going to change that with this podcast, though. Everyone's going to know McLean Boyd.
1: They're
0: going to name stuff after you. Most likely a bottle of wine, but. (laughs) 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 You got any wine today? Nope. Nope. All right. Drank it all last week. I'm off the
1: grapes. I'm off the grapes.
0: Then we got uh, Mr. Jay Woodson, the pride of Powhatan, Virginia, former touring professional who's played in pretty much everywhere in the Americas, South, North America, Central America. He's got it all covered. Winner of multiple state opens, multiple mini tour events on the big break. One of the big break invitational. He's our, uh, he's the one that's actually really good at golf in this group. The rest of us just kind of fake it, you know? So Jay's got the stories, from all the guys and the name drops, but Jay, how are you, pal?
2: Great. Great. Good to see you
0: boys again. And you still play professionally, right? We're going to, yeah. if you get your shoulder fixed up, you're still going to play in some events.
2: Officially, I'm still a professional, but the, the tournaments are limited to a few here and there. Uh, but yeah, shoulder surgery. And uh, we're still a few months away from playing any competitive. Well, I, I,
0: I know your current boss and he's an ass, so he doesn't <laughs> let you have enough time off. So
2: it's all good. And then uh we got Mr. Tom
0: Strange from the golf apparel sales world, sales extraordinaire in that side. So we got the golf golf apparel side covered, whether it's uh shirts, shoes, and now underwear from a certain brand, which we are not yet allowed to name. But
3: Tommy John, we can say it.
0: Okay. I'm currently wearing it, it's fantastic. My boys love it.
3: Until they tell me otherwise, but yeah.
0: There you go. Tommy John underwear. But as, as we know, hopefully you've listened to the Curtis Strange interview, Tom's dad. Tom also has a Hall of Fame, MAPJ Hall of Fame professional grandfather. So quite a golf background. Tom's played a lot of uh, high-end prestigious amateur events. So um, Tom, how are you? How's the, uh, the COVID vaccine fog? You all right?
3: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, glad to be here with you gents as always. But yeah, yeah, it's, the fog is a—that's the right word to describe it. You know, I feel fine. I'm—I'm I'm glad I've got the vaccine and and very fortunate. But um, yeah, a little foggy the last day. And wow, a half. We we appreciate you playing through the pain. You know, yeah. it's 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 for you. It's for you and these it, and the it, listeners. It,
0: you know, just like we were talking about, you always have a good round of golf when you don't feel right, whether you're hurt or injured or sick or whatever it is. We were just talking about before we hit record. We're we're probably gonna get the best show ever out of you tonight, Tom.
3: Uh, yeah, I'd hold your breath too. I would. I mean, that's what's coming.
0: <laughs> that's what I expect. I expect nothing less, last time. So, and then uh, I guess myself, last but not least, I am a uh, PGA head professional at the Foundry in Virginia. I uh, have worked in the industry for, I guess, 20 plus years now, going back to my teens. So, you know, again, we, we consider ourselves experts with all of our experience that we've had. We all come at it from a, a little bit different areas of, of the industry. And, Hopefully you can take some tidbits uh, about your game, about the game of golf, that can may help. Um, and then also, why is Bryson a douchebag? Is one of our uh, main topic points here on the show. So uh, we will uh, we will keep this conversation you know light and just like you guys have at home when you're uh, at the 19th hole after a round, just talking about the game of golf and the PGA Tour and whatever it may be. So we were talking actually, Tom and I were talking on the phone last week. We were talking about how lucky we've been. So far in the PGA Tour, we've had a lot of great storylines, a lot of good events, a lot of great winners, big names in it, some controversy along the way over the last few weeks. Well, we got our first dud, boys. Um, This was not a great week on the PGA Tour, in all honesty. I don't think uh, any of us watched that much of it. I'll say I watched a little bit on Thursday, had it on in the background at work here and there. But um, Matt Jones is our winner. Oh, wait, real fast. I wanted to say a couple of things before we started. I got ahead of myself there. Sorry. I do want to give a shout out to Matt Cannon, foundry member, reached out to me. He helped us solve the water level at TPC Sawgrass. He was there a couple of years ago, saw someone waiting in it waist high. They were power washing the bulkheads. So for you guys, it's probably waist high. For me, it's probably neck high. But yes, you can walk Across it. So we have confirmed that. I know everyone was wondering after our fantastic debate last week, Uh, but yes, you can walk across uh, the pond there uh, without too much issue. I'll have to put on some floaters, but I'll make it. I'll get there boys. Well,
3: it it sure as hell ain't the 20 feet that somebody else on this podcast thought it was. I'm not going to name any names. Was that me? No, I think it was one of the other two knuckleheads. I said, I said three to four feet. So. Maybe it was you, actually. It might
0: have been me. I don't know. It was you. McLean would non (laughs) noncommittal. I don't know if I said, I don't know if it was supposed to be 20 feet. I just said it was deep. Deep. I thought it was deeper than that. And I I do want to say McLean, hopefully we don't lose you today. McLean's in the booming metropolis of Pensacola, Florida, in a hotel with really shitty Wi-Fi and no microphone. So, uh, you know, for all of our listeners.
1: I I didn't have to do that, guys. You know, but I did. You're
0: welcome. Please, please bear with McLean this episode. So, all right, now let's now let's get to the snoozer that was the Honda uh classic this weekend. Good golf course, tough golf course, but that field has been suffering uh the last few years. I've I looked at uh, some stats. They sh- they showed like since 2014, the strength of field has gotten worse every year. S- you know, I think the schedule is hurting that where it is, you know, after the players before wgc these you know we've had another dwgc a couple of weeks ago some big tournaments on on the west coast swing guys just have to take a week off at some point even even the guys that live there in jupiter and palm beach aren't even playing anymore so um uh, i feel bad honda's been a sponsor on the tour for 20 something years and they're kind of getting the shaft on the schedule and oh, okay. so you know tom was even remarking if you look at if you don't really watch golf even people who do watch golf you're going to have a hard time knowing who was in this top 10 so Matt Jones wins. He had a, a crazy opening round, sixty-one, nine birdies, nine pars on a unbelievably tough golf course. But just kind of won. Win uh, going away at Honda. You know, uh, now, again, there's not much to say about this stupid tournament. But I, I thought he swung pretty confidently. He was swinging it pretty pure. He, what I saw, he he was playing his draw no matter what hole it was. Dog leg, dog leg right, and he just going up over the corner with a draw and said, you know, boys, that's what I play, and I'm going to hit it. So I think the biggest takeaway is just a pace of play discussion. He plays unbelievably fast and was paired with JB Holmes in the final group who plays unbelievably slow. It is painful to watch. Matt Jones was a pleasant experience. Four seconds from the time he sets up to impact. doesn't even look like he sets the club behind the golf ball. You're almost not ready for it. The announcers aren't ready for it. They're like talking over his swing about his shot that he's already balls already in the air. And so um, where do you guys stand on, not necessarily on the Honda Classic, but on the pace of play discussion in golf? It's it's pretty poor. You know, look at a guy like J.B. Holmes. Wasn't even ready a few times to pull a club while they're sitting in the fairway waiting. And I think Bones even commented at one point. He was like, wow, really surprised he doesn't have a club pulled. They've been waiting for a while in the fairway.
2: Yeah, that that's the biggest thing with J.B. Uh, and, and not to come down hard on him because there's a lot of guys on tour that are like that. Um, I know they're playing for a lot of money, but I think when you play at that pace, that slowly, um, and you're not ready to hit when it's your turn, especially like JB, he hits it further than everybody. He, he's the last guy to hit on almost every par four and every every par five because he hits it so far. So there's there's absolutely no excuse for him not to be ready to pull a club. He should already have the club in his hand, ready to go. And and I mean I I I I mean I know JB. He doesn't know me, but I we played you know college golf together and and you know but and he's a good player a great player i mean
3: is it a name drop do we does that go into the name drop category just for, okay.
2: i mean does it, is it a name drop if i say i know him and they don't know me <laughs> i don't know if that counts because jb doesn't probably know me but I, I know he's he's obviously a great player but there's something to be said. I mean, it does get – it's irritating when you play. There's a certain pace of play that, that you have to uphold. It's like it, if you if you drop beyond that, it's like you're being disrespectful to the guys that you're playing with and the field. I understand sometimes things happen where the wind's swirling and you back off every now and then, but you can't do it every single shot. And you, and when it's your turn to hit and, you know, guys, they, they're ready to go to the next shot and, and you haven't pulled a club yet, it's like, all right, man geez, what are you doing? Let's go. Like, it's, I, it's infuriating for me. I, I've, you know, and it always, usually it's the super nice guys that do it. Um, so it's hard because you want to like, just go up to them and say, can you just hit the bleeping ball, dude, just hit it. But it, like I said, normally it's the nice guys that do it. So you're always like, man, he's a good guy. Just, just hit it. Just let's go. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I it's frustrating to watch that. Matt Jones is, you're like you said, Mikey, he is uh it, it is refreshing to watch. He just, he just literally walks up and it's like that. It's not even a full waggle, like you said, it's like a half a
1: waggle. And he's like, and he goes. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Well, it's not only is it frustrating to watch, it's even more frustrating to be a part of. Yeah. This past weekend I went and played at a very nice resort at Mid Pines. Um, I had a group of guys there. It's 40 degrees, mind you. So we're not talking about perfect day with full field at f- four hours we were on 12 t at the four hour mark i like i am said guys i'm sorry i can't do this more we actually played as we had six guys we played as a six them for the entire front nine between three and ten and we continued playing as a sixem. not I just i finally you're waiting as a them it's a it, you just couldn't do anymore and it's it's absolutely ridiculous how bad it's gotten i understand it's a resort but and it's not the pros i know we're getting a little off topic here but we're just talking about the pace of play in golf in general and the fact that I don't know if people are not cognizant about it. I don't know. Of course, they're just trying to slam people on a golf course. I don't know. There's a perfect explanation for why we're seeing it, but we're not seeing enough people care about it, that they actually get up and make a conscious effort to play at a decent rate. You get guys that are, you know, they tee off then they're grabbing stuff out of their carts. They take a few minutes, whatever it is. In general, we need to be more conscious about it we need to recognize the amount of time that we're taking in between shots we need to recognize how it's affecting the rest of our groups that's both on the PJ tour and that's both in real life at your country club on a golf trip whatever it is um be cognizant of it boys it's not i know i'm not talking to any of you three but be cognizant about it people because it's not an enjoyable experience especially when you're on a golf trip and you've paid money to play this nice course it can sour the entire experience it doesn't matter how good the course is it's it's a souring experience both at your club, both on a golf trip, both wherever. Um, I just hope as a group we can start to, I don't know, speed up for lack of a better way of putting.
2: On the flip side of that, McLean, how annoying is it on a Saturday or Sunday morning on the weekend when it's a you know you've got a tea time full of foursomes and your your member walks out you know in a cart by himself as a single and wants to play through everybody on a Saturday or Sunday when they know that the course is booked and they, they roll out as a onesome. Now a little bit of that could be on the, on the golf course, uh, for, for letting them go out. But at the same time, they, they expect that every group is going to let them go through. And it's a little annoying because it's like, Hey, I've got the tee times are booked. There's, you know, there's times ahead of me. Like I can't go anywhere. Am I I supposed to sit here and walk to the side and, and, you know, sit sit by 10 minutes while you you know play up and dribble it up on the green and and you know line your putts up and take an extra 15 minutes and you do that for every group ahead of you it's like yep sorry man if you want to come out on the weekends as a onesome you may have to wait you know not everybody's gonna let you through every time I don't know I, I'm all about playing fast too but I also get irritated on on that side of it. So the just the expectation that I'm every that I'm supposed to let the onesome or the twosome go through. On if it's on the, if it's late in the afternoon during the week, yeah, I get it. There's not the tea time's not going to be booked, but different story. Yeah, it is. It is a different story. I'm well, just, that's I'm a just playing devil's wound. advocate a little bit
1: and throwing it's a it out. Self-inflicted there. wound. No, I hey, I'm with you 100. That's a self-inflicted wound. If you think that you're able to go out to the club at nine to 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock on a Saturday or even a Sunday or a Friday at lunch, when we all know those are the peak times. You're doing yes. it to yourself. Yeah. Well, go off the back, go find a hole on the golf course, and go try to make it work. Or I'll go, go, find, some friends. go yeah.
3: find some friends and get a group. Or,
1: <laughs> go find some friends. Jesus, Even what? better. Right. Even friggin' better. I don't
3: know. That. Honestly, like, Mikey, you can speak more to this probably, but I don't know any clubs that allow that anymore. You know, like to, to you know, on, on a, a peak time, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to, you know, allow a onesome to go off. I hadn't seen that in years
0: so here we go
2: mike let's be be honest
3: put them with somebody or
0: if if i'm honest i might cost myself my job so <laughs> um with the foundry is a unique well that yeah i situation mean, right so you know do we do we allow a single to make a tea time well first of all we, we we're not even a year into the foundry taking tea times we actually just started back with the start of covid and and uh, with how much play we get and how busy we are, we, we just kind of out of necessity, we've had to, you know, at first we started with tea times because we wanted to kind of know when everyone was coming. We had a no tea time system. So we could have, in theory, gotten five, six groups show up at one time. We just wanted to spread people out to socially distance them. So that's why we started with tea times. We then got so many new members joined, and everyone's playing so much golf now that we've had to stay with tea times because the first come, first serve method that we had, you know, since 1990 when we started just wasn't feasible. It was not going to work. It was going to be chaos. Uh, we'd have a lot of ticked off people who, you know, you show up to play at 12 30 and you would have had to wait a half hour, or 40 minutes just to get to the first tee on a first come, first serve. So, you know, from a, of a pace of play thing is, is, is different at my club you know i'm fortunate that we are a very fast club in general you know most most of our groups play in under four hours um even when we have 100 have players
2: to, you, you know that's a great that's to, a don't great point about don't. that that at the foundry though which you're lucky mike like that situation i'm talking about really i, I hate to say it doesn't really apply to Right, well, I mean. it it, it kind of does though, right? Because we do have some people that right.
0: generally play by themselves or play in a twosome. And
2: but those guys, the guys out there, are really good about like if there is, if they know when they're playing. Like if they come out on a Saturday and they're they just want to get some holes in, and if there's a couple of foursomes ahead of them, they'll just go ahead. They'll just skip ahead, you know, and keep playing. Yes, like, they're they're, they're good gonna, at skipping
0: ahead. Or we we will the start them start them off on a different hole where exactly. they can at least get maybe six holes. Yeah, in before they're really running into traffic. Um, they're
2: not going to stand on their hips and throw their hands up, you know. When they won't, they don't. The guys don't do that there. The guys correct. Are, and we, now they've also it. had a Lower. year of
0: expectations of, yeah. of what to know from a, how busy we're going to be, and they yeah. they try to do that. But I think more and more guys now, just because of that, are, are playing in you know threesomes and foursomes, and yeah. you know at our club we allow five sums and six sums, even as long as they maintain a, a four hour pace, you know,
2: which is awesome. I mean, know, allow that. yeah, that's, that's one of the
0: reasons where we're, you know, we try to be special, different, unique that we can let guys go out and play in in a five-some or a six-some. And the groups that do it generally play in, in four hours or under. And I, I play with them occasionally, a couple of the ones that do it, and we'll walk with caddies and we'll get done in 3.55, right? And so that's the kind of a group we talk about a pace to play. You know, we do have issues and there's our, there are groups we have to watch Luckily, our, our GPS on our carts can tell us sitting in the golf shop because we don't have rangers and marshals, and so there are there are slow members that we have. the The staff knows who they are. The caddies know who they are. Even some of the members know who they are, and we have to watch them when they're out there and and stay on them and remind them. But luckily, I can see just sitting at my desk in my office or or my staff sitting in the golf shop can see where every cart is, can see what their pace is. We can start to see if there's a backup behind them, and so we can run out there and kind of. We have an eye in the sky, if you will. Yeah. But for the most part, our guys are fast. And some of our fastest guys play in fivesomes and six sixomes because, really, if they play in a foursome, they're going to play in 315. Then they're at the tail of somebody else in front of them. Yeah. Right? And then they want to play through, and the group lets them play through. And that doesn't really... Playing through, especially when it's foursomes, does not help pace of play because one group is stationary. Yeah. When one group becomes stationary, that's a bad thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? You got to keep everyone going. And and people always want to think, oh, well, no one was... I'm not holding them up behind me. It's nothing to do with the group behind you. It's who's in front of you. Where are they in front of you?
2: Speaking of, uh, you know, that, you know, you playing in, you know, five, some six, some, uh, what is, I know we kind of touched on this, uh, earlier when we were chatting, but what's your go-to, what's your go-to gambling game when you're out there? I know I've got my favorites when I, when I know I've got four good players that really want to, you know, tee it up and, and, uh, I
0: I love uh, when it's a, when it's five guys and they're all good players.
2: This is a
3: really good topic because there's five-man
0: five wolf is the best game when it's five guys and they're all the same handicap, whether you're all 20 handicaps it's or straight, whatever. Like,
3: not, not any of that hammer mess. Or... No,
0: nah, not that kind of stupid stuff. But you can go lone wolf and you can dump guys and, and that yeah. kind of stuff. But five-man wolf, I, oh, man, I love that game.
2: I feel I, I, Wolf is
1: great. Yeah, I agree. If,
2: you, I love if Wolf. you're if you if you set the parameters right and everybody knows what they're playing, because everybody has a, their own little way to play Wolf, you know. And as long as everyone says it on the first tee, you know, then then I think it's I think it's a fun game. It does get pretty, and you know, it's usually this is the way it always goes. Like the first ten to thirteen holes are kind of like, oh, I'm up this, I'm up this. It's not that much, and then all of a sudden you get to like. 14, 15, 16, 17, obviously 17, 18 get really, can get really crazy real fast. And it's, uh, you know, I've been on both sides of that where I've played great. And then, you know, just whatever I'm playing great. So somebody picks me on the 18th hole and we lose and I'm like, I lost money. I
3: didn't, Is I that don't because they can or... like, cause if you're down, you can name the bet or whatever.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the way we've always played. If you're, if you're the biggest loser, um depending on how many how many guys you got but yeah if you're the biggest loser if you've got five guys everyone gets three three chances to be the wolf so you would have 16 17 18 you would take the the biggest the biggest loser right and they would have the chance to name half of the whatever they're down say they're down 100 bucks they can play that hole for 50 dollars because if they if they win with a birdie the way we would play it would double if you win with a birdie so they have a chance to cut their losses and, you know, zero out on that hole. Um, but they can't win. They can't necessarily win money on that hole. You know, you can't make it for, you know, uh, you know the if you're down a hundred bucks, you can't make it a hundred dollars and then birdie the hole and, and you're up a hundred bucks in one hole. So, um, but, you know, you can still be, you know, two holes in a row. You know, you, you can know. also
0: go loan and, you know, with a yeah, triples tribble, you- the bet, whatever. And then it's, it's getting, gets dicey.
2: It gets pretty dicey, but. Yeah, that's a fun game. That's a fun game. If you've got good players, it gets it gets pretty chatty and it's pretty good. I, uh, I've we we used to play a lot of uh, umbrella back in the day. Playing, you know, can you play that five man or just as it just four man? It's a four man game, yeah, because it's it's basically two on two. Um, used to play it a bunch with a guy named Brent Long out in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Brandon. Yeah, there you go. Let's, let's ring some of these guys. Brent Long. What a good, good guy. He was a, he was a big break contestant. Um, if you guys don't know him, you gotta look, look up his stats. I think he Monday qualified on the, on the, what well, used to be the web.com now the corn Ferry. I think he Monday qualified one year, 11 times. Wow. I mean, that's getting after that, it. <laughs> it's insane. He used to tell me that he's standing in the mirror and he just look at himself. and be like, you're going to make eight birdies day. And he would just go make eight birdies and get in. Like, who does that? <laughs> well, that's like
0: that story you told me about the other big break guy. Was it, um, what's his name? Justin Peters?
2: Yeah. The guy with the hole in one. So you yeah. just got to see it. Yeah. I mean, this is the guy who won the first big break. And he, we were playing a Monday qualifier one day. And he's just like, hey, you just have to look at the hole and visualize that you're going to make a hole in one. And I'm like, okay, that sounds great. I'll just do that. <laughs> So and I visualize this, and I hit it to like you know twenty feet. I'm like, oh, that was a pretty good shot. He's like, no, man. He's like, he gets up. He's like, you have to visualize it. You are gonna make it. He's like, I did this last week and I made a hole in one. I'm like, really? So he gets up and this we're in. This is for the uh, gosh the what's in what's in Greenbrier the uh, what what's the name of the tournament now in Greenbrier the Greenbrier tell like you yeah. Yeah. Like a tribute or something like yeah. that. But anyway, it was for the Greenbrier. He gets up and says, look, just visualize that you're going to make a hole in one. Yeah, like a six iron. And he hits it and hits the flag stick. And it didn't go in, but he hits the flag stick, bounces out to like four feet. I look at him like, you got to be kidding me. Like, is that it's how like, it works? like some voodoo shit. Yeah, it's nuts. But needless <laughs> to say, I mean, yeah, it was pretty incredible. And it still hasn't worked because I still do not have a hole in one. Um, to this. Um, well, He day. ought to
3: change his philosophy to being like, instead of saying you're going to make a hole in one, be like, you're going to finish top 50 in the money list. You've got to He
2: played, I mean, he played a bunch of years on, on web. Uh, he was a good I know for
3: sure. I'm just saying that's yeah. I, like, yeah. that's fascinating. There's a, I mean, mind ever matter. There's, there's yeah. something to it. You know, there, there's as much, you know, positive results as, as people, you know, will see or say they see. Um, we all know for a fact that the opposite is very true, right? Like if you're, if you're telling yourself, Bad things, that's what's going to happen, ultimately. Yeah. Right. So, sure.
0: yeah. Finding,
2: yeah, you're right. It's finding that, that, the right kind of, you know, way self talk. So, yeah, so to speak, to kind of get you on that. But needless to say, Brent Long and, uh, Patton Kazire and, uh, Brandon Brown, there's a bunch of other guys that, uh, that have gone up and down from, you know, Webb, PJ Tour, but, uh, the, we used to play, and Brian Ritchie was another guy. Shout out to Brian Ritchie. We played some serious serious game brian's still in the web or the corn fairy right now he's what a great guy but what a great gambler too we we i mean we get so yeah so i was gonna say explain explain umbrella so it's a four-man game hold on
3: that's a good point on that like a great gambler that is that is legit right there's those Uh, people that like so anyway go but i I don't know umbrella
2: what i mean i would take i would take brian richie with against anybody
3: Right. Like, yeah. We like, all know those guys you're like, yeah, yeah.
2: it's like, if, if we're going to play a gambling match, like I'm going to pick that guy. Cause he, he just knows the moment and he knows how to turn it on when there's money on the line. He's just, he's phenomenal, but it's awesome. Shout out to you, be rich. Uh, hope you're doing well, buddy. But, um, yeah, the game is the four man game. So each hole, there are six points that you can get. Um, there are, it's one point for, um, the proximity to the hole meaning whoever four people playing whoever hits it closest to the pin gets a point that's every hole par 3s par 4s par 5 in regulation in regulation in regulation you get one point um and then you will get one point if you make a birdie you get two points if you make uh if you are the low ball so say say Mikey me and you are playing a uh, Tom and McLean, and I, you know i make a 3 and everyone else makes a four. So if you have the low ball, best ball of your of your team, uh, that's two points. And if you're the low team total, and say me and you make uh, a three and a four, and Tom and McLean make two fours, we obviously win the low team total. We get two points there. So there's six total points. If you get all six points on one hole, the bet doubles, or the the money doubles. So if we're playing a dollar a point, and we win all six of those points on that on that hole you win 12 points or in 12 dollars. So it's cool because it just it keeps everybody in it. You know, like it can't be like a best ball, you have one guy who kind of dominates the show. Like you really have to have both guys playing well, you know, and and vice versa. Say you have one guy who flags his irons all day and sitting the clothes but he can't putt, you know, I have a way, you know, I can I can combat that with you know making a couple long putts. I can still keep myself in it. So like if you're flagging it all day and making birdies, but if I'm making birdies by making twenty footers, you can't you can't take a take a take me for a, you know a bunch of money. Like I can keep myself in it. So I don't know. It's it's one of the most equal games that I've seen. Playing. It is a
0: good game. You introduced that to me a couple
2: of years ago. It was fun. It's a fun it's a fun game, and it can get uh, it can get a little carried away because most guys play. They start at a dollar point, and you can usually press when you're when you're pissed. Uh, so. A lot of guys will lose the first couple of holes on purpose to try to, to try to bump it up to two, three, four dollars. Now that's gambling, not golf. That, that's gambling, not golf. I mean, you know, I've seen it get pretty high, and you know, each hole is gets pretty ridiculous. And you, you know, you have some have to have some good conversations with your friends when you get done. Like, you know, I can accept payments. We can we can spread this out yeah, over. Yeah, what we'll <laughs> works for you? I, I, you can, interest I'll, rate, I'll Venmo you once a month. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. My interest rate's pretty low right now. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, like, as you said, there's good gamblers. Like, I'm the definition of a bad one. You know, like, I, I, you know, even good rounds, I somehow find a way to lose money. And then, you know, I just whatever it might be. But, like, the best I've ever done gambling was why I didn't know what was going on. And what I mean by that is so when um, there was a there was a day, I'm not going to say when, because it, you know, might have um, affected some amateur status things here and there, or whatever. But anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, I had a uh, a family member, my uncle. Um, so he, I'd come up up there to Richmond. We'd play in, in this big kind of Saturday game he had. This was years ago when I was actually playing decent. And, um, the deal was he's like, All right, I'll cover your losses, take half your winnings. But he did all the like the betting and stuff. That was kind of the deal. But I had no idea. Like I didn't know. I just went and played. And, uh, that's like, you know, the only time I think it's ever really worked out for me because I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, look, you know, I mean, I don't know where I stand. I don't know what we're doing. I think I think he kind of knew that was maybe the, my MO. Um, <laughs> but what a good just, I think after like, the, you know, lost like two or three times in a row. He's like, all right, this is this deal's over. You got, you know, you're out of here. I don't think I got invited after that.
2: Oh, I've been, I've been a part of those, uh, those games. Um, and I grew up playing on a non hole golf course in, uh, Amelia County in Virginia. And, uh, what a great, great place to play a little up greens, uh, tough little golf course. Really. It had good greens, but I mean, I'm talking really small greens. You had, really had to learn how to chip and putt. Um, and, uh, I remember my father taking me out there to play with these guys and, uh, you know, he, he'd say, go into your piggy bank and bring all your, you know, chains. And I mean, it sounds terrible, but it was actually great for me learning learn how to play golf. And, uh, but, you know, I'd go out there with, I mean, I would, I, we would have all these bets and my dad would get all these bets, you know, 20, 30 bets with all these guys. He's like, and I'm like, where do I stand? Where, what, what are we doing? What's the match? He's like, he's like, just play your ass off and we'll take, we'll take care of it in the end. So, I mean, and most of the time we did okay, but there was a couple times where I where I lost, and then some of these older guys, you know, would come up with their hand open, like you know, hey, you owe me seventy five cents, and like they didn't care that I was a ten year old kid. They're like, hey, you lost, you owe me seventy five cents. <laughs> give me give me my money, <laughs> hey, pay up, or I'm getting my Louisville Slugger. Yeah, pay yeah. up. I'm, I'm over here in my little change purse here, and bringing my piggy bank to the golf course, and I'm dumping out like pennies and nickels and dimes, like paying these guys off. But I will say the cool thing about it. And I mean, they're all great guys. And I I attribute a lot of that to learning how to play golf and grind. And it's like learning, you know, it, you need to know, I think where you stand sometimes it teaches you what's, you know, how to control your emotions and, you know, learning what's, you know, what makes you tick and what makes you play well. And like, um, and for me, it was like, okay, it's okay to be nervous and know that like I may have to, I may lose and pay this guy, but I'm going to figure out how to do it in, in the end. So here's a question to everyone.
0: I'll, I'll answer my own question first and then give it to you guys can you guys play golf not for money because i can't um I, w- I would love to say i'm in this for the love of the game and don't get me wrong i do love the game i've made it my profession it's next to my my beautiful wife and my beautiful two daughters and my family golf is my thing it's my hobby it's my passion it's it is my love i do love the game of golf but I just have to have something, a couple bucks on the line when I play. The more, the better. But I don't know if that's what that says about me. But I just I have to have money on the line. I have a really hard time focusing if there's nothing on the line. And
3: anyway. I guess a tournament counts because there's money on the line, right? Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, tournament counts because I'm trying to make a check. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to make eighty nine dollars or whatever it is. Um, for what they pay for the last spot and that gets paid out, T twenty, whatever that is, that's normally where I am. That's
3: that's before taxes too, right?
0: I actually got a ten ninety nine um from the MAPGA this year. So that means I made enough that they actually had to send me a ten
1: ninety nine. So <laughs> can we get a total on that amount? yeah uh, it was like
2: maybe fifteen hundred bucks. I I don't uh I, I agree, Mike. Obviously, you know, playing professionally for fifteen years. I got used to doing that. Um I like playing, you know, for for money. It was fun for me. Um, I liked playing amateur golf, too, though. I enjoyed that part of it. And I think now the times that I play golf and it's not for money, it's with my my boys, which is obviously fun because I'm teaching and we're learning and coaching. And the other end of the spectrum, I'm playing with my dad and my brother, and there's no money needed for that match because it gets super intense. Um, My brother absolutely cannot stand – Losing to me, nor can I stand losing to him, <laughs> and and same thing with my dad. So, I mean, there's not. It always starts off pretty, uh, pretty lighthearted, and then as as long as someone is keeping score, then it always seems to get pretty intense. <laughs> and for about 30 to 45 minutes after we're done, no matter who wins, I think no one talks to each other. And then after that, we're like, all right, we'll get a beer. Let's grab. I
3: can them. I can vouch for that. I've and then were,
2: we're good, but. You know, everybody just needs a little buffer. Just okay, you won. Don't talk to me. Don't laugh. Don't make don't make any jokes. Just give me about thirty to forty five minutes to you know let everything sink in, and then we can go back and be a family.
1: <laughs> but, well, I think uh, so. I think that it goes back to who you're playing with. Jay, I think you made a great point. Uh, the money comes into play when you're trying to be competitive with someone. But yeah. some guys, as we know, they just don't have that kind of competitive spirit, or there's too much of a um a gap in skill level and it's just it becomes tough. But I, I totally agree with you. If you have the right group or you have that guy that you want to beat, five dollars, twenty dollars doesn't mean a whole much in the grand scheme of thing. You want to you want to win and rub it in his face. Yeah. Um and I, I think that's where a lot of it comes back to and I think like when I play you <laughs> how did it work out last time?
0: I can't remember the last time we played golf. But November Jay
1: was there. I remember I chipped in on uh, 17, and uh, our buddy um, uh, did not have a good day that day.
0: Timmy Crumline. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, he got hurt. That was five-man wolf.
1: That was. that was
0: cool. <clears throat> So, McLean, you are a guy that, yes, has to play for money, even if it's five bucks.
1: I could go out there with you and want to beat you bad enough that I wouldn't care about the money, but, yes, I would prefer to put a couple dollars on it so that we have a little bit of proof after the round.
0: But any time you and I play golf, there's, it's just, what is the bet? Not if there's going to be a bet.
1: Yeah. It's fair. There's never not been, yeah. a bet. there's never not going to be a bet. <laughs> well, the, the fact of having
2: to hand over, there's something about, it's like when you hand someone your money, that's you're admitting defeat. But when, you know, if you're just playing and there's no money, it's like everyone just kind of dissipates after the round, but it's like, okay, Hey, I won by the way, you owe me like hand it over. That's like the, it's, that's like the the pure sense of uh, competition is like letting, it's like you have to know there's a winner and a loser. And the only way to do that is to make sure somebody hands over the cash. It, it could be 50 cents. It could be a nickel and a dime <laughs> if, if I'm playing 30 years ago with some, some of the old buddies at the Amelia country club. But the fact of the matter is it's, it's yours and you're giving it away. You're admitting, you're admitting defeat. And I think that's what, I mean that's what makes it tough, and that, that's what makes co- makes competition good. I mean, it's as long as you know it's healthy, and you understand what it's about, and it's not you know hurting anybody's family financially. Then, but it's health competition like that's good. I think it. I think you you learn a lot as a person when you are put in that situation. So, um, so what about you,
0: Tom, as a non gambler here? I wouldn't pay attention. No, I'm just kidding. Uh,
3: <laughs> now it's it's um it's funny because I. I agree. Like I need something to keep me engaged and focus. Right. So whether it's, you know, if it's planning a, an amateur event, you know, there's no money on the line, but, um, you know, it's your, With your you pride. Know, yeah. 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 Your pride, all that good some stuff and shop know, credit. You can buy some fantastic stuff. And, and you know in the la in the, you know, the last, you know, four or five years, it's been more about like, just don't embarrass yourself. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's, that's kind of the goal is to go out there every, you know, okay. Don't make double in the first hole and don't embarrass yourself. Um, Don't top any. Yeah. And then you make double in the first like, Okay. Well, we still got one left. We got one, (laughs) we got one left. We can still call this a decent day. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, gambling on the golf course all comes down to who you're doing it with. Right. So if you got the right crew and, and you know, you feel like it's, it's, it's fair match and all that stuff. That's for me, that's kind of always been the key. The problem is, is that sometimes, um, you know, uh, you end up with me and you know two or three guys. It, it's just kind of hard to find a game that fits, and then you, you, but you feel like you still need to. And um, I mean, I played one yeah yeah yesterday, and um, it was just you know it was me, you know a, a guy that says he's a six who's actually a ten and loves giving himself butts. Another guy that's like a sixteen that's probably a twenty five, and you're like, how do you find a game? this way yeah
0: you
2: know,
3: yeah so, so we did and and um and it's a, the, the, like the, the guy that says he was a 16 is 25 got slaughtered and i'm like they didn't make him pay I'm like
1: just you know don't worry about it man i feel bad <laughs> i like, hope they're listening
3: so anyway it's um that that's what makes it th- the best you know gambling matches that we've probably all had were it wasn't about the money it was about like the the back and forth and the, the the tension and the pressure and the big putt somebody made. That's like, that's the reason we do it at the end of the day. Right? Like, I mean, we like to put a couple extra dollars in our pocket, but the reason we gamble on the golf course is to, you know, increase the stakes, make it more meaningful, put a little bit more heat on everybody. Um, So yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I'm not good at it, but you know, it is what it is. So what's,
0: what's the most, I have a story. I'll let you guys go first. What's the most awkward it's been on a golf course gambling because everyone's had it, right? If you've gambled like we have for money and a lot of times we like to try to do it at a reasonably high rate for our incomes. There's always some game you get into where it gets awkward either during the round or after it's over.
1: It's normally when the guy you're playing with, you've never played with before. He thinks he's better than he is, or he doesn't know how good you are. And he makes a big bet on the first tee, and you get a couple holes in, and you just start to kind of feel bad. It's, it's happened to me a couple times, but you know, it's not as often. I'm sure it has some of you guys, but you just kind of get into the front nine, and you know, you're on six, and you're four up, and the guy's playing bad, and he's totally down on himself, and you're just like, man, this this isn't, this isn't even really fun anymore. You know, I'm, <laughs> you don't have to pay me. Let's, can we go back to having fun? Shit.
2: You feel you kind of feel like you're stealing from somebody when it gets like that you're like I'm, not, I'm just stealing this money from you that's not that's not right it's supposed to be a competition right
0: so I got here's here's my story uh, I'll name one name in the story so this is at the foundry <clears throat> this is back when I was assistant this is I don't know maybe 2012 somewhere we're having the father son tournament uh father child which is now called. And the second day of the tournament, one of our members' sons had something come up. I can't remember what it what was work wise or an injury, and he couldn't play. And so, Bobby Watts, some Jay, you know, yeah, Bobby Watts well, great guy, uh, former member. Everyone loves him at the foundry. We hope he comes back. He loves gambling. So, it was his son that couldn't play and he wanted to still play in the in the just to play, right? And so, he's like, Hey, Mike, or can you play with me just. To play the tournament so, so i have someone to play with right <laughs> and they were we were paired with another father son both members who were not really at least the father of this other team was not much of a gambler and so we're in the shotgun we're teen off on 11. bobby watts for those who don't know him and there's plenty of guys that listen to this podcast that do when I say this guy loves gambling, he loves gambling, and it is the most confused <laughs> you'll ever be on a golf course because he has so many games going on at one time. There's so much trash giving away. You know, his big thing is well, we're going to go play a bunny hop with all the fixings. When he says that, count your run, wallet run and go hill. to the go to the ATM and get more. His whole saying is, "Boys, when nothing's happening, something's happening." There's legitimately money on the line on every hole. Like he has this thing called riding time where if you have the honor and the the hole is a wash, there's no trash, you have the hole, so you still have the honor in the next T box, boom, there's there's money. You just got some trash there. So that's this whole thing. If nothing's happening, something's happening.
3: So yeah, Remind me, never play with this guy.
0: He's actually fun. You. He is out. awesome. Um, he is the nicest guy in the world. And <laughs> so we're on 11 T box, starting this shotgun and he asked this guy these guys hey do you want to play for a little something and they're like oh yeah, yeah yeah sure that'll be a little fun right well bobby spouts off this game that went right over their heads they had no idea what he was talking about and what they agreed to so we make our way around and we make our way to one which is our ninth hole and bob's like hey we're down forty we were getting killed and he's like we're gonna take some more bets and the other father like, had a hissy fit. Like, I can't believe we're playing for this much money. I didn't know. You're doubling the bet. What is going on? All this kind of stuff. <laughs> and Bobby was unfazed. And he just kept going. And then we go to two. He's like, all right, we're doubling the bet. We're doing this. Da, da, da. I'm like, I'm looking at him I'm like, hey, I'm I'm like two, three years into my career at the foundry. I don't want to be involved in this. <laughs> and so Bobby just keeps taking bets and keeps throwing money at it. They don't know what he's talking about. We get killed again in the back nine. We're walking off 10 and we lose, a, we're down $100. And the two of them then proceeded to get in a massive argument when Bobby tried to hand them $100 each. He actually, he's like, Mike, I'm going to cover you. You know, I got you into this. And he's trying to hand them money and they're arguing over money. And it was the most awkward I have ever been on a golf course. I didn't know what to say to, they're both my members, right? So I don't know what to say to either of them, like who to defend, who to, I was just like, get me out of here. So wait, you guys lost a hundred dollars. we lost a hundred dollars and they, other other team was pissed that they were even in a game where we, you would lose a hundred dollars.
2: Oh really? Yes.
1: They
0: were so mad that they they didn't know we were playing for that much money. And, but it, it, it was really, really (laughs) awkward.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's, you know, that actually just reminded me of, of one of you talk about, yeah, maybe this is why I've, I've never been a big, you know, gambler after this, but, um, I'm playing in the Virginia Beach Amateur one year I was in high school, and um, so, and that's where my dad grew up. And so, there's still some of those cronies around, not many, but a few. Um, one in particular that I think we might even talk about a little bit here, Jaybird Blaster. Oh yeah. Um, so what they do is a three round tournament. So you play the first round, and after first round, they'd flight you into like based on your first round score or whatever. And and I I had no idea what was really going on behind the scenes. So then what they would do after the first round was all these old guys would like, you know, start, you know, betting on this flight or this guy to do that, whatever. So anyway, I shoot 80 the first round and then shoot 68, 68 and almost, you know, had a chance to win the golf tournament, but um, I had no idea what was going on. So I finished playing and I'm, I'm pleased and blaster had come and followed me for like the last two holes in a cart. I didn't know why. I just thought, you know, he's just checking on me. But um, so I finished, and he's like, hey, come on. He's like, where are you parked? I'm like, "Uh, yeah, uh over in the parking lot. Why? He's like, well, sign your card and get in. Take, I'm sending you home. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so apparently, like, some guys were very upset because they felt like I'd kind of sandbagged it. Like, they thought there was, like, this inside deal where I played poorly the first round to, like, get it. And then, I mean, and, and I found this out after the fact, but uh, he was so calm about it. He's like, all right, well, I'm sending you home. I'm like. All right, yes, sir. Sure I
2: you no, don't get beat up in the parking lot. I had
3: no idea what's going on. Like little little I know that there's some dudes that like want to beat my ass and like cost them some money. But um maybe that's why, you know, I am the way I am. But um But those are the great, like those old school, you know, you know, cl- tournaments that that had that kind of side action or whatever you I mean. The the days of the Calcutta, you know, we talked about it, you know, last week, guys. Like that was cool. Now not you know, maybe not to the level that some of those ones that y'all played in, but you know, just your little member guest Calcutta or a little two man deal like that stuff's fun. And um, a lot of that's gone away, you know, I, I, for I'm sure a lot of different reasons. But um, you know, I, it was always a kind of cool piece to an event, in my opinion. Uh, we so like for our
0: big member guests, which we're hosts that we host every year in May. We do not do a Calcutta, and I couldn't be more thrilled. It's something as a, as a golf professional running a tournament, it's the last thing you'd want to be a part of is, is just talk about, I mean, we have, we already have, you know, issues with sandbagging and in guys complaining about other guys. And I can't imagine mean, what they do. They, they throw in some cash for kind of a, a there was a, a cash pot and a player's pool, but it's not a big organized event where you're, you're betting on other teams and buying hack yourself just to,
2: standard traditional Calcutta and I'm for my position, please keep it away. I don't want it. It's it's you're in a tough position to have to, to kind of organize that and, and handle all the handle, all the, the egos and all the cash, all the money. It's yeah, that's, that's no fun, but for the players, you know, it's, a, I, I miss being able to play in, in those, those Calcuttas. I mean, I used to do uh, that one in Myrtle beach. Did I mean, did we, did we talk about this? We talked about this last week, but I mean,
0: I think this was on the uh part of the episode that we cut out when we had a half hour diversion.
2: Yeah, I think uh, but I, again they, they used to do these these big Calcutta's in Myrtle Beach and um and I'm sure any listeners if you've got some friends that were you know either big gamblers or great amateurs or you know good pros. I mean we had we would have PJ Tour players come and play in this this uh you know this this uh Calcutta in Myrtle Beach and it was uh <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of cash being thrown around and uh you know, I always liked it cuz the it was there was action, there was energy, you know, it was, it was it was fun. Um but uh you know, it was you don't you're right, Tom. You don't see a whole lot of that anymore. Um I don't I I don't know really know why. I guess it was too hard to to kind of regulate when, you know, guys would come in and uh you know, like you said sandbagging is hard to keep, you know, everyone in you know, honest with that stuff. And, you know, granted, <laughs> why are we trying to keep people honest with, with that type of, with that type of gambling, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It was a good memories. You know, I did those for about 10 years there when I was playing and you know, you'd always catch a, it, you'd never, you'd play a, you would play a match with, you talk about un, uncomfortable gambling matches. I mean, we would get out. I remember one time I was on the wrong side of this and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say how much money we were playing for, um, but we played a five-man scramble and we got caught on the, the, ba- the wrong end of a, of a group and we were losing our tails off and we kept just doubling down and kept playing. We were playing in three holes into the dark. And we're like, by the end of the, the, at the end of the night, I was writing a check to one of my buddies. I was like, dude, I don't have enough cash to pay you. I was writing them a check, and I was like, do you want to give me a quick pay? And they were like, no. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, f you, dude. I was like, I was like, why not? And they were like, oh, you lost it. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. I hate you. I <laughs> will hate you for about 30 minutes. And the next time I see you, it will be all good. But um, yeah, miss those days. But.
0: Well, that was uh, it was quite a discussion on the Honda Classic, boys. Yeah. How about um, How about that event?
3: Well, uh, well, we we you know we can still talk golf from this past week. I guess it is this week, but we don't have to. The, well, today was the um, you know, probably one of the best fields of the year that nobody really knows about is the oh, that's right, yeah, the Seminole Pro Member. Um, so they always do it right after Honda because it's right down the road. Um, you know, obviously they're, you know, very, uh, private about, you know, who plays this, that, and the other,
0: um, not anymore. You can see, I was looking at the list earlier, whoever it started to make its way around a couple of years ago, the, uh, you know, the T sheet for the day. It is, it is impressive, not only from the guys that are playing from the professional side, but, you know, some of the names on the member side are pretty, pretty wealthy, influential people.
3: Yeah. And that's, what's great about, you know. Seminole and some of these other, you know, clubs of that caliber. And I, I can't speak to any of them. Um, but you know, it, it's, as they say, Augusta's is the same way. It, it's not just the CEOs of, of these big corporations. You know, there's members in there that are, um, you know, the average Joe's as well to some degree, but, um, they have that mystique around them and, and their special spots. But anyway, this, the Seminole pro member, uh, seems like such a cool event. Um, you know, it's, like it's you the say, fifth major. Yeah, I mean, think about it. just the amount of guys they get to play in it kind of tells you tells you all you need to know.
0: Well, especially this week, right? You're talking about World Golf Championship match play, which starts on Wednesday, right? So it's a day earlier than most events, and they're spending their mon- Monday at Seminole playing in this. A lot of those guys, I, I I don't know the number, but it's probably 30 guys from this week's match play field
3: that
2: we're at are at Seminole. That's awesome. Gosh, that place is so hard, isn't it? I've never played it. I stayed right across the street at Q School one year when I was down there uh, for finals, and I could, I could the the hedges on that place were like twelve feet tall. I just wanted to look in and like take a look at the. You can't see anything. It's hard. I, you know, but everyone says it's just super hard. I remember Ben Hogan said that it was one of the hardest places that he ever played. He used to go there to practice, get ready for you know multiple tournaments, just because it was so difficult.
3: I, I, I was fortunate to play fortunate enough to play the Coleman there um a handful of years and you know it was always early april and you know i went down let's not say you know really sharp was was definitely not the way i would describe my game um but it's just it, it's it's a everything about the place is special. like a butter knife yeah buddy whoo we um but yeah it's it's it is man it it is true golf in every sense of the word and um Great club, great membership. It's a small piece of property, right?
0: I mean, I know they had that thing last year, the COVID relief thing with Matt Wolf and DJ and Rory and Ricky, which was really the first time Seminole's been yeah. on TV. And it was, it was a smaller property than I thought. It's it's pretty tight.
3: It is, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all right there. Um, you know, T to green. It's it's not gonna, you know, it's not the most penal golf course you ever play, but the greens are just yeah, it's like, you can't even, you can't even describe them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they got a Walker cup coming up, so we're going to see, you know, the world's going to see Seminole. I don't say for the first time, but, um, you know, more in the spotlight, it'll be interesting. You know, they were building teas. The last time I was there for the Coleman, they were putting in teas, you know, in preparation for the Walker cup. And, um, it'll be cool. And, you know, it, it's like I said, it's, it's a special spot. Um, those greens, though, I still have nightmares about those damn greens.
2: Um, speaking of gambling, um, I know we were. I want to. I want to make a shout out to one of my good buddies, Blake Palmer, one of my good buddies, and one of a one of the great gamblers that I've played with playing uh, mini tours for quite some time. But he started a company with his dad. It's Old Dad's Wing Sauce, and if you guys have not had it, you need to try it.
3: Stuff's amazing. Okay. Absolutely
2: it amazing. Is, it is absolutely amazing. It is it the 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 bottle says it's unbelievable and I will I will vouch for this. It is unbelievable. Um but needless to say him and his dad and his brother started this company uh not, maybe not 10 years ago but they've got their own wing sauce. It's all over the place in the southeast. Uh if you can't get it in any of your local grocery stores, uh you can go to com. That's O L D D-A-D-S wingsauce.com. And i I'm be honest, I, I know I've said this, but it really is unbelievable. And and Blake has tried to give me like a couple of the, the ingredients and I've tried to make it at home and it's terrible. So I have to just get the I have to get the real stuff. So
0: just a personal uh, plug. I mean, is the show benefiting from this, Jay? I mean, hashtag no free ads. You know, let's uh...
2: I've got the wing sauce here, boys. I'll get it out to you pronto. All right.
1: Spelled out the website.
2: Is that what you put in your hair to hold it up, slick? What? Are you, is that, what? It's good stuff. I mean, I can read off the ingredients for you if you like.
0: <laughs> a little behind your ears,
1: you know.
2: Blake, love you, buddy. This stuff is amazing. It's it, unbelievable.
1: Yeah. What happened? <laughs> Speaking of gambling, what happened? Did you lose a bet? So you had to give a free ad? Like what yeah. happened here?
2: They lost
0: fantasy football or something, and they're ah, like, "Hey, no, you gotta."
1: No, I, I honestly, I did not lose anything because.
2: It is really is that good. I mean, I'm not joking. <laughs> I am not. I'm not. This is no, nothing God. other than the straight truth. This. Yeah. chase what Great was that guy's name? Placement.
0: That that guy that did all the infomercials, the pitch man, Billy something or other. <laughs> that was me. Jeez, he had a beard. Billy Mays. Billy Mays. There you go. I knew it. <laughs> Jay Billy Mays Woodson. All right, Jay. Thanks for the commercial break. Let's uh. Back to the show. <laughs> the show first commercial break we've ever had and it was free so to the show. <laughs> i don't know about this but uh let's let's get into our uh our newest segment i had a couple other notes on the honda but you know fuck that um <laughs> I, I will say I'll, okay real fast real fast because we like we do point this out occasionally uh, two guys cost themselves an amazing amount of money we're talking about gambling and losing money jb holmes went from second to t46 after 79 yesterday it It was it took too long it took way too long (laughs) and then aaron wise at one point had a four shot lead in this golf tournament ended up losing by eight on the weekend i think it was on even on saturday he had like a four shot lead or going into saturday something like that i didn't again i didn't really watch it so i don't know but he at one point he had a four shot lead and finished eight shots behind uh matt jones that is losing a ton of coin so, anyways, just thought I'd throw that out there, Matt. uh, Aaron, Aaron Wise, a terrible putter. He had a four putt this week. A couple of weeks ago, I heard they say he had a five putt and two four putts in the same tournament. Um, God, he must hit it really good to still have his tour card.
3: I was gonna say, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a previous winner.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, so there you go. That is our Honda Classic talk. Matt Jones wins. JB's fucking slow, and Aaron Wise sucks at putting.
3: <laughs> Boom.
0: Boom. Done. All right, let's well, time. We need a jingle. I'm gonna work on some sort of jingle. I have no idea how to do a jingle, but I'm gonna try to figure this out for this segment. So we teased this last week. It is now for the premiere episode of Time for Some Strange with the one and only Mr. Tom Strange.
3: I mean, I thought we said we weren't gonna do that this week. <laughs>
0: uh, so that was last week. We said we weren't gonna do it. We still talk uh, about it.
3: Okay, well, putting on the spot. I'm just kidding. I got I, guys. I got it. I'm not gonna be quite as you know, sharp and witty as, as, uh, as usual, you're sharp and witty. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I knew i will set myself up for that one, um, but <laughs> so I, I kind of wanted to start, I wanted to start with, uh, I was making some notes a little earlier and what do I want to talk about, what do we need to get into? And there's, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of things we could cover, but first I wanted to talk about Maroney versus Bryson. Okay. So, you know, for all you followers out there, Maroney does not like Bryson. And I don't know about y'all, but if I was uh, a strapping man, the size of Mike Maroney talking shit to a guy that, um, you know, eats or drinks, you know, 17 protein shakes a day, you know, it's, it's, we can all hide behind this microphone. Right. But, so I wanted to know if it came down to it, you know, how would these boys fare against each other? Right. So I kind of made a little quick list and, yeah, I kind of have my thoughts, but I want to get y'all's feedback on. If
0: I ever meet Bryson, I'm going to take out my camera phone and record a video because he doesn't like it. It's going to hurt his brand.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, actually, I mean, you, I'm going to
0: run really fast. I was going to
3: say, yeah, you might want to. Depending on how successful this show gets, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if if we kind if we hover around where we are, you're probably pretty safe. But if <laughs> but if we keep building, yeah, he might know who you are. <laughs> um, and actually, I you know I would, and I think Jay and and McLean would agree. We would. We would sacrifice that for the good of the show. You know, knowing that if you had to go get your ass kicked by Bryson, that's great material. That's and great
0: we, content. Yeah, that's so, great content. Yeah,
3: and and we know you would probably take it for the team. Yeah, I I'd have, I'd
0: have to check my life insurance policy and my health insurance before that happened. But
3: well, well, so on that, so I want you know, all right, Maroney versus Bryson. We need music. <laughs> Can you do some music right now? You know, we'll, we'll edit that in. I'm way fucking cooler than him. I don't want to do anything like, you know, who would win in golf. And, you know, that's that's easy. You know, Morani would kill him. But um, I want to know some more important stuff, like the real true facts, okay? So, Jay McLean. Mike, you can chime in if you want to. But I just shout out your answer. Who wins the following? 100-meter dash.
1: Mike Marini.
3: Okay. What did right. you say, McLean?
1: I said Bryson.
0: No, no chance. Wait, do I get like oh, a no. week? Do I get like a week of prep? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. He's right. had a. Wait, he the guy works out. out every day.
0: I don't care. I used to be day. really, really fast. Used to. <laughs> okay.
1: Really
3: <laughs> fast. I'm making notes. Maroon, I,
0: was, really I had fast. elite speed.
3: You know, right. isn't that funny? Don't you love when somebody says, I used to be really fast? What does that mean compared to what? That, like,
1: you know? Look, that's like when the guy walks up on the Range for his Club and he's like, well, I used to be a three handy
0: and well, hit it three hundred yards.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I used. To, I was a good player. Well, compared to who? Uh,
0: yeah. Let the record show. Jay picked me. McLean picked Bryson.
3: Okay. Um. Next, we're gonna get a little bit more specific. Fencing. Fencing in a fencing <laughs> match. It took too long.
2: Uh, Bryson. I got. He's got, a, he's got. reach on Mikey. That's the only reason. Ah, uh, yeah. It's he's over. arms. It's over.
1: Bryson, think, yeah, but I I I'm a lot shorter. I can. I can duck under the. I can. He's a lot taller <laughs> yeah. than me. I think Bryson's going to try to overpower it. I think Mike, being a little nimble, is going to get in there and draw some blood.
3: Quick, quick twitch muscles, boys. Quick, quick. Oh, was it, was it helmet, helmet helmetless fencing? Is that what we're going with? Okay.
2: This is, this is like really
3: battle combat,
2: Don Kyoto type fencing.
3: Okay. Rubik's Cube. Bryson. That sounds like a Bryson.
0: Bryson. Yeah, that's definitely Bryson. I'm going to give him that one.
3: I don't know. I don't know if he is, you know, he's,
0: Screw that That's thing. So much
3: protein, those fingers are getting so big it can even turn the little <laughs> dial there. This is terrible this this segment's terrible. We're gonna give
0: like, it Did you ever do the Rubik's Cube? No. I don't think I've ever even really tried.
3: Have y'all seen so my kids got one and none of them could do it. Shocker. Um, <laughs> but have you seen like the videos, the YouTube videos of these contests? These kids do it in these like kids five do it like seconds.
0: 11 seconds. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs>
2: I mean, I used to be. Able they haven't to be been laid before, been but like they
0: can do it in eleven minutes.
2: seconds, and yeah. I thought that was awesome. But I've seen like I, that's why I brought it. My son watches the same thing. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't understand how they can, how you can possibly do it that quickly.
3: <laughs> well, see, that's what... my my boys are watching. I'm like, all right, are they doing it, or is there like this? Are they using like a cheat code?
0: Yeah, like I don't it doesn't even make sense. So like there how, is, how, is a there is a cheat code you can find
2: somewhere. I right. have heard that, but.
3: Well, then that just kind of makes the Rubik's cube obsolete, right? Yeah. Okay, so
2: the Bryson, one hundred percent. I
3: I know everybody's clinging to their seats for the next part of this. Um, <laughs> I, that's all I got. The next one I got a couple of others. I said uh, <laughs> dancing, dancing. I went with a tie. Now, you gonna crush Bryson to dancing? Yes, absolutely. You got
0: moves? He definitely doesn't. I know that.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, good. What would what would, that's you, what would you go to? Like, song, are you going Dirty Dancing? Are we going...
2: No. no. He's going The Sprinkler. You're going, like, hip-hop 90s. That's yeah, what. yeah,
0: absolutely. Hip-hop 90s right there. That's my jam. I kill it. I, my, uh, Lindy and I, we kill it at weddings. Kill it.
3: <laughs> Y'all have, like, reverse. yeah Especially when it's reverse. that wedding
0: that you don't really know anyone, yes, so you know you're best. never going to see them again, best. and you just go ham.
3: Oh,
1: god, I, I did that and ended up in a lot of wedding pictures in this one couple's wedding, and I don't think I've ever talked to him again. It was kind of awkward, quite <laughs> frankly.
3: Oh. No, we were at like so wedding uh, story. We were at when we were living in Nashville. Um, this guy was it was a friend of a friend was getting married, marrying a girl from Nashville. So everybody was coming. So it was, you know the wedding party was a bunch of people from Charlotte and Raleigh that we knew. So anyway, we had people staying in our house. We weren't invited to the wedding because you know I never met the bride, barely knew the groom. So anyway. So the day of the wedding, this is no shit, no bullshit. Day of the wedding, we're like, everybody's sitting around having a couple of beers, you know, beautiful day before the wedding. It's like, let's say it's like a six o'clock wedding or something. Uh, it was a formal one, right? With the tux, whatever time that is. So anyway, um, the groom might've had a couple of beers. He's like, y'all come to the wedding. And and my bride and I are like, no, we can't do that. He's like, no, come on. I'm like, no, come to the wedding. Uh, finally, he's like, "No, come on, seriously, we want you to come." So we're like, "All right, fine, we're gonna come." So we sh- we go, we go to this wedding. Don't know shit. We're at the rehearsal dinner. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, reception. Having a big time dancing, cutting up. We sit down, like getting a little like uh, some of the finger foods. And I look over, and the bride is talking to what I presume was her father, and they're looking at us and pointing, like, "Who are these people?" Basically, <laughs> is what they th- what I thought they were saying. So so like, why are they here? (laughs) Because I may or may not have broken a glass on the dance floor, like 30 minutes before that. Anyway, (laughs) it was like at a wedding crashers. You're like, we were crashing this wedding right now. All right. So
0: while you you were talking, Tom, the guys were laughing at me because McLean found an old picture of me somewhere on the interweb. I think this was, uh, I want to say this was freshman year of college. And I was about 116 pounds and he wrote elite speed. And that guy, that guy in that picture has elite speed. Cause I'm like a Kenyan. I'm the same size. We are <laughs> fast, man. All right. I'm from Boston. We watch the Boston <laughs> marathon every year. There's all kinds of fast Kenyans. I can stay with those guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, do you know how fast those guys are? It's not even, uh, it's, it's stupid fast. I've seen them. Well, they're fast,
3: fast, but then they just run. They keep they it slide. up. They like, they sprint for hours.
2: Running oh. for, for, uh, the the whole length of a full marathon. Hours. Yeah, I'll stay up. Is,
3: this, for the is first this gonna make? Is this gonna time. make the podcast?
2: This is, is this definitely up. making the podcast. Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: Oh, okay. All right. You got any more? Is no. that it? Dancing was the last one.
3: No, it's terrible. I'm sorry. I so I think
0: that. I think the score was four to one. Mike, by my count, um, he got me in Rubik's Cube. I got him in everything else.
3: So, you think you guys would be friends if you got to sit down? If, if no, you and Bryson went and spent a day together. You played golf together. You had a meal together. You Shared a protein shake together. Two straws. Uh, he what? Too stressed? Two stressed?
0: No, no, two straws. One protein two shake, straws, two
3: one straws. Oh, oh, like that, like Lady in the Tramps, though.
0: Um, <laughs> um I, I don't know. Again, we don't know it, but we don't know many of these guys personally. Um I I don't I don't think we would be friends, but <laughs> I think you would never say I think you ever.
3: Would. I actually this all right. Here's the we're gonna have this like little secret mission, which is not secret now because I just said it, but um Maroni. <laughs> and bryson are gonna meet we're gonna make this happen. We, I don't yeah. know how we're gonna do it. We might have to kidnap him. Um J or Bryson? <laughs> no, nah, not you. I know <laughs> you're easy. Uh <laughs> both of y'all we're gonna um all this. right we'll we'll,
0: we'll we'll make that happen by the uh you know twenty twenty five when
1: this <laughs> hang on Tom I got another one for you who's easier to kidnap Maroni or Bryson?
3: Well, that's pretty easy. You see, Bryson—that's—they'd be like a gorilla.
1: Well, I'm seeing Maroney, so I take him.
3: You think? You think Bryson's got that rage in there? Like he's—I mean, you kind of yeah, see he's,
0: it. Yeah, he's got a screw loose. He would snap. Bubbler.
2: Yeah. He's—he's he's a middle linebacker for sure.
3: He'd be like, hey, we had this great plan. We were trying to kidnap Bryson so that he and Maroney could meet, but he—but he—but he killed Jay. So <laughs> now we have a little bit of an issue.
1: <laughs> he backed out. Can't believe it.
0: Oh man, what this is a, a fantastic first segment of Time for Some Strange. It definitely got strange. And no. weird. yeah, we need it. We're gonna we're gonna have to scrap this one. We uh, no, it's in. It's staying in. This is great.
3: This is not where you want to start this, though. This, well, no, but this
0: is what happens when the PGA tour doesn't bring the heat. We gotta come up with our own stuff, right?
3: Wow. Yeah. We but need I, some I,
0: controversy this week.
3: Okay. Well well to be to be determined.
0: All righty. Well, so let's let's get to this week. I want to change my picks after that last segment now, but, um, we got the, uh, Dell, whatever the fuck it is, uh, match play at Austin country club. It's a fun event. Uh, obviously a very strong field top 64, but I think five of the guys who ha- would have qualified, aren't playing for various reasons. Obviously tigers on that list. Brooks Keppa, who just had, um, knee surgery came out and some other guys, but so obviously a really strong field match play, different format, just a different week. And, um,
3: is Brooks's career starting to follow tiger in regards to the end in- injuries. Yes. Yes. And it funny how, like before we would never have thought much of it, but now you, with these guys with a pattern anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: I no, no, me. you're good. No, I think, I think he does, but, um, we'll see where he goes from here. For, for our listeners, we did something different this week. We're not going to do a DraftKings pick with the salary cap. We started a public league on PJTour.com. They have a bracket challenge. So the four of us have all filled out our bracket, and that's how we're going to... I guess, guys, we're all going to throw in 10 bucks cash, right? We'll just Venmo the winner. Everyone just Venmo the winner this week on the bracket challenge for the four of us. But if any of our listeners want to get involved, Go to pjtour.com, go to their bracket challenge, fill out a bracket. We have a public group. Just search under the our leagues, I guess as they're phrased. Just search emergency nine podcast and you can join. There's no password. Join our our league for the bracket this weekend. Uh, we will be giving away a emergency nine hat and t-shirt to our winner. Uh t-shirts have been produced and Jay has them. They're fantastic. None of us have them, but Jay has been hoarding them all. Got them all. And we got hats uh, in production. So whoever is uh, the best listener in the Emergency Nine League on pjtour.com bracket challenge will receive some Emergency Nine swag. So we're also going to start trying to do some giveaways on Instagram. And uh, so keep an eye out for that. You know, we may try to sell it, make some money since Jay's giving away free ads. So
1: (laughs) it's not free. Yeah, for you, it's not for We co-branded headwear well, with uh, Old Dad. Yeah, we're
2: you guys are going to come over and I'm going to cook some wings. I mean, gonna... He
1: brought a full bottle to the podcast.
2: Yeah, I, you know, like I said, it says it on the label. It's unbelievable. And uh-huh. that's pretty much exactly what it is. <laughs> All right, so
0: who wants to go first? I don't want to hear your whole goddamn bracket. So please don't give me that. Just How about this? We're going to give our, our final four, our final... And our winners, and give us a couple sleepers to come out of the groups, right? So, for those of you who haven't paid attention to this tournament, there's 16 groups of four. They play each player in their group, top player with the best record moves on to the round of 16. So, and then they just normal match play bracket from there. I'll go first. How about that? Let's start us off. So, my final four is uh, Justin Thomas versus Cameron Smith. And then on the other side, I got Webb Simpson versus Bryson DeChambeau. Wow. Look at I t- actually picked Bryson all the way to the final four. I think he can overpower some of these holes. Uh, there's a couple of drivable holes par fives that he can use his length to his advantage. So I like Bryson to get to the final four. Webb's just a grinder. Gritty. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's going to be in every hole. JT's obviously playing great. Great iron player on this golf course is going to help cam smith another greedy grinder has been had a good year playing a lot there's always some sleepers in this tournament i mean last year was it was kisner's been in the final actually the last two years right so it's not always just a chalk that makes it probably you know was less chalk in in this than there is typically in the ncaa bracket but so i got cam smith he's just playing well i don't think he's fairly phased by anyone he goes against can win at, at any time that's all that really matters is get hot for a weekend in this and And go, and so then I actually have Webb Simpson beating Cameron Smith in the final. So I got Webb as the champion beating Cam Smith in the final. A couple of my uh, sleepers to get out of some of these groups that are not the chalk. Uh, I got Sergio, who's the C player in his group, getting out. I got the Bullfrog, Jason Kokrak, sneaking out of his, beating Tony Finau in his group. I got Max Homa in the Elite Eight. He's gonna sneak out of that group, beat Abraham Answer get to the Elite Eight. So those are a couple of my couple of my sleepers. I got Jordan Speith too in there because I just wanted to see a JT versus Jordan Spieth match. That's really only why I picked it. Jordan Spieth's a D player in his uh in his group. I will say Justin Thomas has the group of death. You know, and in, in the world, people who fall fall some footy, fall some soccer, they always have the group of death in the World Cup. But Justin Thomas, Louis Gustaz in. Kevin Kisner and Matt Kuchar in the same group is pretty damn strong.
2: He got the worst for the second ranked player in the field. That's yeah, a but, unbelievably tough draw. Yeah, I mean Kisner is past champion. Kuchar is a has Kuchar's won a match play of uh, yeah the, back when, I think it was
0: was somewhere in Scottsdale or wherever, but he was in the final last year against Kisner. So yeah.
2: I mean this is unfortunately he got a raw. I mean any one of any any guy could come out of there, but yeah, I mean. I'll I'll just jump jump in and and, and jump since I still think that Justin Thomas is playing incredible golf right now. And I think he's going to get out of that. I think he's going to get out of that pool. So uh, needless to say, I do have him uh, making it to the, to the final four there. Um, And I've got him playing John Rom. I think John Rahm is, he's a tough gritty dude. And if you give him, especially four rounds in a pool play I think I feel like he's going to get out and then if he can get some momentum he's not a guy that I would want to play every day in a match play event great putter he's streaky he's a grinder uh, I know he's a little bit can be a little bit hot tempered and passionate but those match play guys that are like that they they drive, thrive on that emotion so um, I've got those two guys playing in the in the semis i've got dustin johnson making it to uh the semis as well just because i feel like he's got probably one of the easiest paths um to that point um but i have uh, victor hovland sneaking into the final four playing dustin wow. yeah i i don't love that he's not a great chipper uh, that bothers me a little bit in match play because it's super important but i do feel like he's got such a good mindset such a good personality for match play He's he's that guy who doesn't get frustrated by bad shots. Like he could probably chunk a chip one hole, and he still is fine. He he can make it happen. So well,
0: you former USM champ, so he knows.
2: Yeah, he knows, knows match how, play well. He knows how to do it. And I, I, again, like I said, I think he's got the great mentality for it. But that's who I've got uh, in the final four. Uh, in the finals, I've, I do have Dustin Johnson playing John Rahm, kind of a rematch of the uh, was it the. What, what tournament did they face off BMW? The, uh, BMW, yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, um, and I've got John Rum winning it all and uh beating DJ in the end, but so you um, get the
0: one, two, and the three seed in the final four.
2: Yep, I've got uh one, two in the in the final four, and then I've got uh Victor Hovland as my my sneaky pick there. I are all three of those guys are gonna make it to the final four, maybe not, but um, I feel like I got a good shot with one, one of the three making it to the final four. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I like it. I, a couple of sneaky picks there. I do have Bryson getting through, which is not a sneaky pick. Webb Simpson getting through his. I have Ru, uh, Russell Henley busting through Group Two against uh, M. Perez and Leishman. I don't feel like uh, those guys are playing that great, other than Sung J. M. But I feel like Henley's been playing well, and uh, he's a just tremendous ball striker. So I feel like he'll sneak out of that. But um, I did pick the Bullfrog Kokrak to to uh, to get through over your boy Tony. Over my boy Tony. Uh Tony's um, gonna go winless again. Uh maybe so. Um, I hate that. I did pick Corey Connors to get out of group 10. He's been playing great too. And I think he can he can take down the rest of those
0: guys. Yeah, I had Corey, and then I changed it just for sentimental value.
3: Um hey, so we, finish up because I want to talk about match play as it as it like it stands versus metal play, you know, and, and get y'all's thoughts because this is this is really cool. So anyway, go ahead, Jeff.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm done. I, I had I had Ron taking it taking it down there. So, all right,
3: what's your question? Well, no, just like looking at this event versus all the others, it, you know, it's 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 unique, which is really really cool. It gives it a a, a little different look than we're used to, but it certainly favors different players. Um, I don't know. I think it's fascinating because, well, like a a normal week, right? You can get a guy like let's say Matt Jones, right? Last week, you know, he played great. And you deserve to win, and you won by a bunch. But you know, put this event on that golf course. Does Matt Jones win? No, because I think it's just a different animal, right? I think that you know, guys that win these events, it's it's more about the longevity. You know, you've got to play well and consistent. You know, over a longer stretch. or Am I crazy? I mean, y'all. T- I mean, I'm just curious.
2: Who- no, I I, I agree 100. percent. I mean, I. I think we've all had our fair share in match play events. Um, you know, me not so much recently, but as when, as an amateur that, you know, all of your flagship events as an amateur are, are match play yeah. events, you know, whether it's your state amateur or the U S amateur, you know, all decided in match play. And I think, um, you know, your your greatest players. If you, if you're the top player in the world, you, you, you're going to be in the mix, but,
3: um, that's why I feel like. it brings out the better players. It brings, out, it brings out the best,
2: and it's a different, it's a different mindset. And you have to, you have to definitely understand, you know, that every every match that you play is like its own little tournament, um, and you have to expect your opponent to to play his best at all times. Like you cannot be surprised at any given moment. And I think the guys who who understand that and embrace it. Um, they're not, you know, they're always ready for the most unpredictable moment. You know, that when that guy makes that, you know, 50 footer, when you're, you've got a you know five footer for birdie to win the hole, and he's got a 50 footer for par and he makes it and you miss and you go into the next hole. You're like, I had that locked up. But if you, if you have that mentality and you have that expectation, um, and that's why, again, I I talked about Victor Hovland. That's why I like him. I feel like he's got that mentality where he's not going to be surprised. He's okay with. It's not going to be affected by momentum shifts because yeah, that can happen a lot. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and on the contrary, you can have a player that can really ride that wave. And if they're playing great, they can ride it and beat the brakes off of everybody. You know, you take somebody like a Rory McIlroy, who if he gets hot, you know, get out. <laughs> I hate to say it. I mean, get out of the way. Like if he if he gets going, if his putter gets hot and he's hitting, good, he's hitting his wedge as well, like. Good luck. I don't care who, I don't care who you're talking about. I don't
3: care. Think about it, right? Cause those John,
2: guys, John Rom. if Rory McElroy is hitting his wedges close and he's making putts, I, there's, I don't think there's anybody that can beat him.
3: Well, you like, like, so when he's on in a normal event, there's nobody can beat him in a normal event, but in this event,
2: he can
0: get there's beat. only
3: one. There's only one guy he's got to beat at a time. Yeah. So like, and that's just got to think about the. Well, you know, that's the, the thing
0: with with this kind of fact. event. You don't have to play well every round, right? You can go out and shoot a 73 and win the match, mm-hmm. if, right? You're just playing that one guy. You go out and shoot a 73 on Saturday, at a PJ Tour event. Well, you've gone way down the leaderboard and you just got off a bunch of money. You're just beating that one guy that one round. You just got to survive in advance and then you can catch fire in later rounds. But yeah. You can get away with with bad golf. Hell, you can you can make a seven and you just go one down. Well,
2: that's where a guy like Kevin Kisner. That's why he can thrive in a situation like this because he's such a he's a, such a tough, gritty competitor. He doesn't maybe have the skill set uh, or the. And I don't want to even say that because I mean Kevin's an unbelievable player, but he he would be the first to admit like. You know, it, it, he's not going to go out and beat Dustin Johnson in a four-round tournament. If Dustin's playing his best and Kevin's playing his best, he'll be the first to admit, like, "Hey, I can't compete with that guy. I can probably finish top ten and make a bunch of money, but I'm, I'm not going to beat that guy. But I can beat him in an 18-hole match if I'm playing good and he has a couple bad holes. And that's where you bring a lot of these guys into play, um, and especially with the new setup. You know, with the with the kind of the round robin format where you know the first you know couple matches you play, and then you 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 advance out of your out of your group whereas before you know I I didn't really like that setup the way they had it before they had 64 guys playing number one would play 64 and you know two 63 and all the way down the line you know you could play great you know hey I shot I shot seven under and this guy shot eight under and I'm out you know it's like man I played better than anyone in the field and I'm out but with this setup you can lose that first match and then when your next three and if you're playing great you still have a chance to advance and then obviously drop down to the you know, we need more of this. Yeah, I think I, I think we, we should have another match play event. I think it's fun. It's, it's well, so they they won't do it though, because and the reason they they went away
0: from the original format of just you know you lose and you're out the traditional March Madness bracket because of TV and sponsors, right? I mean, totally. If Dustin Johnson, Ju- Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, and John Rahm all lose in the first day, they're like, well, shit, no one's going to tune in, right? So at least this day you get three days of every guy there's good coverage. There is something cool though, about the one and done the pressure on that first match. It would, it would make it the best Wednesday Ooh, in golf every year. I mean,
3: we're, we're, we're experiencing right now with the, you know, NCAA hoops tournament, right? March madness. It's, it's the deal. And like, you know, there is just think though, like if, what would CBS and Jim Nance do if the final four was, you know, St. Bonaventure and, and, you know, you know what I'm saying? And like, and, and, I, they kind of roll the dice on that. Um, knowing that, but I mean, the, I guess the chances of that happening are real. It'd be like us having, you know, a, uh, looking right now, like a, a-, like a-, a- Rosner versus, um,
0: yeah. I mean, the chances of that Eastberger. happens like, Bry- yeah. like Bryson beating me in a dancing contest, you know, exactly. Or Not going to
2: Steven Ames beating Tiger in a match play event. That's my well, so We have
1: Nick O'Hearn to thank for the new, uh, the new format when he beat tiger that one year in the first round and the sponsors and everyone you know lost their mind because it was like, wait a second, guys, we have four more days. We really planned on that guy being here.
3: Yeah. yeah so, that's exactly
2: where it went. Yeah, I personally. I was at, I was at La Costa that in 2006, when they had a WGC match play event, I, we we're Aaron, my wife was in San Diego and I was out there visiting and somebody member out there that she was working at a golf course, gave us tickets to the, to the, uh, the match play event. And I think they teed off at like one o'clock and the you know, traffic and getting from parking to the, you know, out to the course. And we got there at like two o'clock and I was like, all right. I was like, I'm an hour late. I'll catch him maybe on five or six. I'll watch, you know, hopefully Tiger win two or three up. I'll get 10 holes in, I'll watch him play. I get out there on the seventh hole, I think, at La Costa, and and I, I couldn't see. I was looking off in the distance, and I looked at the standard bearer, and I was like, I was like, man, I was like, it looks like it says six up, and I was like, this cannot be right, and I was like, is it get a little closer? And this is on the seventh hole, and I'm like it. I was looked at I looked at my wife and I was like, it says he's six up. I was like, they're on the seventh hole. This is not this is not right. One, I was pissed because I was like, if that's real, then I'm only gonna get a couple holes to watch him, maybe five holes. And and if sure enough, they come in, and he's six up. And of course he goes around, birdies a couple holes, and now he's nine up through nine. And I've only watched two, three holes, and I'm pissed that I got out there late. But then they go to ten, and I guess you know, like he ended up, yeah, they ended up ending the the match on 10, like whatever it was. Yeah, it was. Nine and eight. Nine and eight. So they have, yeah, they have 10, the 10th hole. And I watched four holes of this match. Like this is one of the most historic beatdowns of all time. And I was there and only got to watch three holes. And I was like, oh my God, it was like vintage tiger, 2006, super baggy pants. Like he had the mock white turtleneck on that day. And I just remember like the tension in the air was like, if you could cut it with a knife, it was like, cause Stephen Ames had made those comments the night prior saying like the way where tiger drives it, anyone can beat him. It's like, Oh my God, I can't wait to get out of here and watch this. And I only got to watch four holes of it. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And then we left. I was like, we're, there's nothing else. There's nothing else is going to compete with this. But I mean, that's the cool thing about match play though. Like you, you can, you can see somebody absolutely dominate and embarrass somebody. Um, uh, or vice versa, and, and see some of some
3: really really great matches. All right, Tom, let's hear your picks. My picks. Um, well, I kind of want to change them now for this conversation, but I'm going to go straight to where am I? Go to Stimmies. I got uh, out of the. I don't, they have um, these groups have names. Let's just go to the top left group. Top left group. I've got. Um. I've got Paul Casey upsetting Dustin Johnson to get into the semifinals finals semifinals uh, yeah. semifinals and then I've got no wait yeah um Bryson beats Morikawa in my other one um you know Bryson's he's he's proven his uh his match play record's pretty strong so and he's been playing well and you know he could squash Colin Kind of like he could squash Mike Maroney. <laughs> uh, on the other side, I've got McElroy, um, McElroy and Rom. Actually, no, what am I giving y'all? I'm giving you a bunch of random stuff, aren't I? McElroy and Rom, um, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed. And I've got Justin Thomas beating John Rom to go to the finals against Bryson. Oh, that'd be a hell of a and, matchup. And, that would and I, I think JT will be. I, Love it. <laughs>
1: Like that. So the one thing that I love here, Tom, is that both you and I have Paul Casey beating Dustin Johnson,
3: which is definitely
1: an upset pick, but I'm right there with you. I've actually got Paul Casey going all the way and beating Bryson DeChambeau in the finals. I would love that.
0: Uh, No, they they can't. They'd play each other in the semis.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He beats Bryson in the semis and then beats Justin for the win. So in my final match, Paul Casey, Justin Thomas, uh, third place match, Bryson DeChambeau versus Ryan Palmer. Gritty Texas guy out of uh, some great match play in his history. I think he's going to be a tough guy to beat with match play. Um, the guy that I had a tough time not picking further. And at the same time, I had no problem dismissing him was Patrick Reese. Um Great, great match play player. Um, and then there's everything else. So I have Justin Thomas getting rid of him. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau beating Colin Morikawa and Ryan Palmer beating Xander Schauffele, as well as that Paul Casey beating Duster Johnson in the quarterfinals.
0: Love it. That's a sleeper. Ryan Palmer, 24 seed, making it in good ways.
1: But he's one of those guys, uh, you know, he's that that veteran status who I feel like can win every week he tees it up, he's got a chance, especially if it calls for hitting low draws.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So yes, so all of our listeners, again, this will go out tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, go to pjtour.com fill out your bracket in the bracket challenge, go to leagues, search emergency nine podcast, and you can just join our league, our public league, and we'll be giving out some swag. And I think we'll be able yeah. to follow along to everyone else's brackets and standings and, Hopefully, we, uh, we get a good contest this weekend. They can actually watch golf again because it'll be reasonable to watch versus that shit show we had last weekend. So, gents, you guys have anything else before we wrap it up here?
1: Good. good. I love that you have the same disdain for the Honda Classic now as you do for Bryce and the Shambo. I'm <laughs> not sure which one you well, like. So,
0: actually, I had I went to the Honda last year for a day and had a great time. It was a lot of fun. But this year just not did not live up to it. The field's getting too weak. and Bad, bad time. You know,
2: Bad, bad uh slot and
0: run runaway win just wasn't yeah wasn't fun. JB Holmes is a just something I just don't uh, want to watch or support
2: or I enjoyed, you know, winning our, our DraftKings League again. You know, yeah yeah. Shout out to Jay. I'm not gonna bring that up, but but you did. Moneymaker.
0: <laughs> not saying, just saying. So all right. All the listeners, thank you. Please like, subscribe, follow, share this with everyone that you know, and we'll be here uh same bat channel. Next week. Hi, boys. <laughs> Thanks, guys.